0: So how are you doing? How are you doing? It's one of the most popular greetings, at least in this part of the world. And what's interesting is most of us probably already know, as soon as we ask the question, what the next words coming back to us are going to be. Fine. Good. And you? Tired. Or just busy? Because we are busy, aren't we? especially the extra busy people. Everybody knows who they are. They want to make sure that we and everyone within a 14 mile radius knows how busy they are. It's every other Facebook post. It's all over social media. We wear it like a badge of honor. And what gets really difficult about it is a lot of times it turns into a contest. Whether we realize it or not, if someone tells you that they're busy, our first thought is, well, I'm busy too. But why? Why are we so busy? And how did we get here? I'm a big numbers guy, so let's take a look at some numbers. There are 672 hours in a 28-day, four-week month. I know most most months don't have exactly 28 days, but just hypothetically speaking, that's what we're going to use. And I will tell you, I'll be up front with you, that's the last hard fact number that you're going to get in this example. The rest are all going to be averages. I'm going to go through these kind of quickly, um, but I like the visual representations. According to the Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average American works 44 hours a week, or 176 hours per month. A Gallup report found that Americans sleep an average of 6.8 hours a night, or 190 hours a month. That is, of course, unless you have a newborn. Um, According to the Food Network, who used an FBLS report, uh, we spend roughly one hour and 45 minutes preparing, eating, and cleaning up after meals, or 49 hours per month. So, for those that are keeping score, we have 256 hours, or just over nine hours a day, left. The average work commute is 26 minutes one way, resulting in about 17 hours per month. Expecting that you work a, f- a normal five-hour a week, uh, a f- five-day week uh, schedule. I apologize. Keep in mind, that's also considering that Will has a 10 second commute to work right from next door, right? So I'm sure that there are probably many of you out there that have well over an hour. Um, I remember very vividly before we moved to Richmond, there were people living in our neighborhood up in Woodstock, Virginia, up in the Valley that would regularly commute to Washington, DC. So again, these are just averages, 26. We're gonna use that as our example for 17 hours per month. uh, We spend an average of one hour, 42 minutes a week or just over seven hours a month in the bathroom, and I'll throw in 30 minutes a day to get dressed and get ready. So that's 14 hours a month, which I give you as is is the personal upkeep uh, section of the pie—about 38 hours. For those of you that are not numbers people, I apologize. I am a numbers person, so I like to use them a lot. But I'm going to take a break from the numbers for just a moment. Um, but keep this in mind as we continue. There are still 219 hours. A month or 7.8 hours a day unaccounted for on that pie chart like I said it's a lot of averages just stay with me on the example now let's make it more personal I need you all to visualize your calendar for just a moment just take a second visualize what you have going on today the next week whatever the case is does it immediately give you anxiety many of you are immediately saying yes right especially those that are at the end of the school year, got exams, got a, whatever the case is. Let's see, Philippians 4.6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, as a key word for you, present your requests to God. And I say that not because, uh, slightly tongue-in-cheek, but not because the words are not true, but because we, we know this, and it's really easy to say, but not when you're visualizing your calendar, right? This is where the confession part of my sermon starts to unfold. i gonna be very honest with you guys, this is, this, this sermon is going to be part sermon and part confession. Because this is something that I struggle with all the time and my wife is back there laughing right now because she's told me at least 137,000 times since we've been married less than five years, you cannot do everything. You can't. And for those of you that think you are doing everything, I'm here to tell you, you're probably not doing Any of it well. Sorry. It's the harsh reality. And like I said, this is not me just pointing, this is a lot of here as well. A huge part of my job is working with volunteers. And I'm very, very grateful for all of them. I was pointing out the tech team earlier. uh, I've got a lot of great vocalists, great musicians, great people uh, that give their time each week. And one of them, as I talked about earlier, is Mr. John Baltaser. and if you're interested in learning anything about tech, this is a shameless plug moment. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. Please come talk to me or Ms. Jenny Thomas-Wright, who's my tech director. We would love to get you plugged in. Because John probably serves 48-ish Sundays a year, either here in adult church or down the hall at the, uh, in the children's church area for Miss Kelly. Think about that for a moment. That's a big old hole that we're going to need to choose to fill. So please, please come talk to us if you have any interest or knowledge of tech stuff, but only if you have the actual space on your calendar and you're willing to commit to it. You have to be reasonable with your time and you have to be committed. We read in Matthew chapter five, verses 33 through 37, Jesus talking about commitments. He's in the Sermon on the Mount here. Verse 33, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is god 's throne verse thirty five or by the earth, for it is his footstool or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king verse thirty six and do not swear by your head or uh, i 'm sorry, and do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All of you all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from evil. I try to remember this one a lot, and I'll give you the, this shorthand version that I always stick to. Let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes, and please get maybe out of your vocabulary. It doesn't help. Maybe he doesn't do anything for anybody. I'm going to throw in a little side note here. Jump, I know I'm jumping stories, but... Many of you are familiar with the the story of the rich young ruler, correct? And the rich young ruler gets a lot of flack in Christianity. But as I tell you, as I've gotten older and the more I've looked at the story, it's taken on a little bit of a different meaning. In the story, Jesus sets this bar to this young man that he meets. tells him, you must give up all of your, your riches. The young man doesn't really even hesitate. He doesn't, realize, he doesn't believe that he can meet that bar and so he walks away. And I pray that somewhere down the road that young man took the opportunity and swung back around and got to know the Father. But in this moment, Jesus set the bar. The man said, I can't do it. He walked away and Jesus didn't even follow him. Today's society continues to lower the bar. We just keep lowering it. Or as, as Hannah put in our small group last week, try to widen the gate. But I have to ask the question, if we continue to lower the bar and widen the gate, are we helping people? You have to be reasonable with your time. And once you're willing to start weeding out your calendar, ask yourself, why am I doing this thing? We, can only, we only have a set amount of hours, and if we're not intentional with them, they will quickly quickly get soaked up by good things hope nobody's misunderstanding I know we're busy with so many many good things and I would be willing to bet just in the hour that we've been here a lot of you have probably gotten invitations on Facebook or otherwise to go do some really really good things here's the rub good is the enemy of great whenever I or one of the staff starts to plan uh, an event for the church here, which we try to do uh, frequently. But the very first question that always comes out seems like an obvious one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What's the point? And Will has caught me on this one a number of times. I'll propose something. I'll come up with this great idea in staff meeting. I'll be like, all right, guys, we're going to do this and this and this. And he'll come to me. He'll just say, why? Why? well, you know, I heard Gethsemane did it, and that turned out really well. Or, I read about it online, it got really good reviews. But that's as far as the point goes. It would have been a great event, but there's got to be a point. Speaking of online, I know some of you have been wondering about that. It's time to add that slice of the pie. According to Nielsen Holdings, the number one ranked market research firm in the United States, Generation X, or people between the ages of 35 and 49, spend about 32 hours a week consuming media. Millennials came in second at 27 hours. For those over the age of 50, uh, they came in third right under 20 hours a week. So the average of those three groups is what you see behind me, just about 26 hours. uh, So that's the one I'm going to go with. 104 hours a month using either social media, watching TV, or movies, or just browsing the internet? Think about it in your own calendar for a moment. Does that seem like a pretty accurate representation? Does it seem high? Does that seem low? If you're curious, if you have no idea how much you're using social media, most of your social media devices are actually tracking it for you. Take a look at your screen usage one day. Pick up your phone. A lot, of, a lot of you will be able to see exactly how much we're using those things. I'm sure there were a lot of you that saw the pie chart originally and thought I was trying to convince you that we're not busy. No, we are. We are we are busy with many, many good things. But my theoretical American here has 115 hours a month left after all the things that we've added for time with family, for volunteer work, for going to places. You fill in the blank. But what we're busy with, is it worth doing? I had a real, ha, thank you, Lord, moment this past week. As I was preparing for this sermon, I was, I was talking with my wife about, about it. And she said, you know, it's, it's weird. In my quiet time, I landed in the book of Haggai. And if you're like me, and you have a real base level knowledge of the Old Testament, you probably don't have any idea uh, about the book of Haggai. It's a minor prophet. Uh, It's a short little two-chapter account of the Lord sending a prophet to once again slap his people in the back of the head. Uh, If you have time, it's uh, literally one page in my Bible. I would recommend reading it. But I'll give you the, the Spark Notes version. The Jews had been allowed to return to Jerusalem in the year 538 B.C., but 18 years later, there was still no temple. So, we're gonna, uh, I think we have got, got a slide for it. Brady, do we have a slide? There we go. All right. So, Haggai chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Verse 2. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in paneled houses while this house remains in ruins? Everyone was too busy building their own house. Is this a new problem? No. It goes all the way back. I know they've spread out again. Graduates, younger millennials, and I do, I want to include that because you guys are the younger part of my own generation. So it means a lot that you guys hear this to me personally. I read an article once that stated that the average high school student is living with the same amount of stress... Today, as the average psychiatric patient did in 1970. Just let that sink in for a second. It's 50 years ago, not even. But I have to make sure to ask the question is it an external? Is it internal? Where are these pressures coming from? Why are we so stressed? And when you're looking at your calendar, which I'm going to continue to encourage you to do so, each one of those events, is it an external or is it internal? Because we can often be doing so many, really great things, we miss out on the great ones. Many of you are familiar with the story of Mary and Martha. In the 10th chapter of the book of Luke, we read about Jesus visiting this house where these two ladies have a very contrasting view about how they need to spend their time. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the story, but it is in the 10th chapter of Luke. I would encourage you to have a look at it. But Jesus is very, very plain about it. Martha is running around like crazy, trying to clean the house up. Mary sits down and is listening to him. And Martha's frustrated by this. She says to Jesus, make her get up. Make her help me. Jesus' response is, but she's making the right choice. So how do we make these choices? I'm going to give you, like I said, this is part sermon, part confessional. Um, I'm going to use something that I've started using to try to break down my time, put them in different categories. So the first one is represented by the letter P. Those are your pleasure, your play things. For me, it's sports. I absolutely love sports. I would spend way too much time watching ESPN if it was allowed. Um, I am a big Eagles fan, so I'd like to watch football. like to play sports. I had a great time playing softball a while back, uh, but I got to be very, very cautious of that one. Uh, also in this category, I've, I've had the opportunity for the last four years to participate with the traveling worship band called Arise, which I absolutely love. Um, it's a lot of really, really good things, but this first category, if things land in this category, you got to be honest with yourself because they, although necessary, it is absolutely necessary to have personal time. We abuse this category a lot, and we have to be cautious not to hold too tightly to anything in it. Category two. I know everybody's familiar with this one, right? This is the work category. It's less flexible than the last one, but it's not concrete either. And granted, I, I fully understand, okay? You have to eat, and Dominion doesn't keep the lights on just because you write him a thank-you note. Right? So we have to work. But I would encourage you, if you're one of those people that doesn't love what they do, try to find something that you do love. I love what I do. I mentioned to you before, I was blessed to get the position as the worship leader here just over five years ago. And I love it. I love every minute of it. Just about every minute of it. Thank you, Gracie. Yes. And shortly thereafter, I took the position as the youth minister as well. Woo! And uh, thank thank you to my volunteers. And I love doing that as well. And in the past year, I got a contract as a full-time bus driver for Hanover County. And honestly, I enjoy that as well. But But there's only so many hours in a day. What that meant was I no longer had the opportunity to work with GCS's praise band, which I absolutely love doing. Can't drive a school bus and do GCS practice at the same time. So I had, to have a go, I had to go have a difficult conversation with Ms. Bremner and say, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. I had to be flexible. Choose one o- over the other. Let's get a bit, little bit less flexible. Moving into our next category. Anyone want to guess what the F stands for? Family. Family. That's absolutely right. This is when things really get less flexible. The requirements really start to firm up here. And if you're investing more in the previous two categories than you are in this one, I'm going to strongly, strongly caution you. Folks, I'm a, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle. In The last year I got to become a father to almost two years ago. I'm a husband and I have to constantly check myself to make sure that I'm putting enough time into this category. I'm very fortunate that I work for a man who has con- told me on more than one occasion, Eric, go home. Because if this one's not right, the other ones are gonna crumble. Please hear that. Our, our motto here at Church of Christ puts it plainly, love people. And you've got to make sure your house is correct. But if you don't have enough time to love other people outside of your house, your priorities aren't straight either. I feel like that one's a lot more difficult. Because especially those of the rest of you, I know we got at least one other bus driver out here. The rest of you that live on the roads, sometimes it's really hard to love people, especially when they're doing this number. It's really, really hard, but it's so important. But this is not all the categories. And before we get to the fourth category, You can't be living at 100% even with these first three categories. I'll be honest with you guys. A couple weeks ago, I kind of had a breakdown. And fortunately, my wife handled it with unbelievable grace. I kept believing it was on me and kept believing I'm never going to be able to get my, my checklist done. I tell her this all the time. I didn't get it done again today. I didn't get it done. And if you're like me, you've probably said the same thing. And Graduates, college is going to be a blast. You're going to add more responsibility, more work, more stuff. And if you find yourself at that place, the world's going to give you a 100 different options on how you deal with it. I can tell you they're going to leave you dry, and they're going to leave you in a bad spot. So here's what you do. You take these three categories. You take a look at them. And when you get into that spot, when you're overwhelmed and you're ready to just throw your hands in the air, you find that mirror, you stare into it, and you say, I am a child of the one true king. It's already been done, folks. We are so busy. We are so busy running around, trying to do everything, because we believe it's all on us. And if it is all on you, eventually it's going to crumble. That's the way I was feeling a couple weeks ago. I've had to do this, no lie, five times this morning I had to find myself a mirror and just remind myself, Eric, this is not on you. It's on him. And folks, I'm serious. If you don't hear anything else this morning, please know you are a child of the one true king. The battle's already been won. Our one and only responsibility is to love God. That's number one. Love God love people, and then impact the earth. If you have it reversed, it's never going to happen. Pray with me. Grace, Heavenly Father, we are so incredibly busy. But Lord, I pray that we walk through each moment in life with joy, knowing that you've got us and that our work should be honoring to you. Lord, I pray that we were reminded constantly by those close to us that they've got us, and most importantly, that you've got us. Lord, I pray this all in your name. Amen.